Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, this is Dahlia Lithwick, host of Slate's legal podcast, Amicus. If you're listening to this show, you might be interested in Amicus's live show that we're hosting in Washington, D.C. on Tuesday, May the 14th. My colleague, Mark Joseph Stern, and I will be talking to some amazing guests, including Sherilyn Eiffel and a sitting state Supreme Court justice, all about how originalism, a relatively recently invented way of interpreting the Constitution, has taken over the Supreme Court and radically reshaped the law. It's been doctrinal rocket fuel for the conservative legal movement and facilitated the rolling back of abortion rights, the expansion of gun rights, and the obliteration of the separation of church and state. And as another wildly consequential Supreme Court term careers to its end, the court's originalists are on a tear. But there's something you can do about it, and we hope you'll join us in D.C. on May 14th to explore the possible pathways out of the current situation. Go to slate.com slash amicus live for tickets. I'm Hannah Rosen, and I'm host of the Double X Gab Fest. Every episode, I'm joined by Noreen Malone and June Thomas, people I would talk to all day if I could. We talk about how the world is changing for women and men at work, online, at home, and on the street. It's not a lecture. It's the conversation you want to have with your friends. Join us. So subscribe now where you get your podcasts at iTunes.com slash Panoply. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hi, this is Josh Levine, and this is Slate's sports podcast, Hang Up and Listen. We've got another episode for you this week. Uh, you listen to the best of Hang Up and Listen bonus segments uh, earlier. And now um, we're going to give you a little taste of the live show that we did this week in New York. If you want the full Slate Superfest live show, you can get that in the Culture Gab Fest podcast feed and iTunes. Uh, you can also get it in the Slate Plus feed if you're a Slate Plus member or the Slate Daily podcast feed. But if you just want to listen to the Hang Up and Listen segment because you're a Hang Up and Listen fan, and who among us isn't, then we've got it for you right here. Uh, Mike, Stefan, and I talked about the recent revelations of a systematic doping program in Russia, what it means for the 2016 Olympics, what it says about drugs and sports, and I hope you enjoy it. Here it is. Let's go on to our third segment. Now, I pitched these guys a lot of topics for tonight. Um, the glorious legacy of Dean Smith, why there will definitely be no sanctions against the UNC basketball team. Is Mike Krzyzewski actually literally physically a giant rat? But they went their own way. God love them. They chose something else. Please welcome Josh Levine, Mike Pesca, and Stefan Fatsis. Hang up and listen. Hey, hey, hey. 
Hello, everyone. So every week on our show, we do something called Whimsy Watch. And instead of just doing a regular segment, we're going to devote our entire time to whimsy. It's pretty whimsical. <laughs> it's weird. I was just overcome by this weird urge to visit New York. I don't know why. <laughs> I can't deny the urge. You've been transported there magically yeah. by the technology of podcasting. So my uh, whimsy watch this week, it's a search for whimsy in the NFL, the least whimsical entity on earth. Um, a running back for the Washington football team, Stefan, you said you didn't hear about this. He not. found $15 on the field. <laughs> <laughs> It was by, it was Matt Jones, it was by his teammate Pierre Garçon. He finds the $15 at the beginning of the second half. He asks Pierre, is this yours? <laughs> he says no. They decided to share it. Now, um, that might be the most whimsical moment we've ever done. Couple follow-ups. Does that violate the salary cap? If that was the NCAA, would it be an illegal benefit? Could he use the money to buy Pierre Garçon on FanDuel or Rotowire <laughs> because Pierre Garçon has sued those sites? The little-known addendum to that is that Dan Snyder asked for the 750 back. <laughs> mm. uh, whimsy? Whimsy, Mike? Well, a little later on, Dana and John are going to interview the, uh, some of the actors from Hamilton. So my whimsy watch concerns Hamilton, the Hamilton Tiger Cats of the CFL. <laughs> Jeremiah Masakwai? Masoli. Masoli. The incredibly corrupt CFL. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, this podcast is a guerrilla marketing campaign for Canadian football. At, playing at Tim Horton Field, he threw two interceptions, was benched, not because of performance, but the coach said so he could clear his head. Good that that, good that that mental health time coincided with a strong desire not to have any more turnovers. But the Ham Tiger Cats came back, won the game, and they, they face the Red and Blacks in the Eastern Final. Can either of you guys tell me what team are the Red, the red Blacks? The Red Blacks. I'll give you a hint. In French, it's Rouge et Noir. Stefan? <laughs> the, the Alouettes? No, it's, no. The, it's the Ottawa Red Blacks. Ottawa. The Ottawa Red Montreal Blacks. The, the Alouettes. Yes. The answer was Ottawa. Ottawa. Uh, Stefan? There was also, speaking of Canadian football, because who doesn't, there was an 88-yard rouge in the, in the CFL over the weekend. I don't know wow. if you knew that. Wow. Does anyone know what a rouge is? <laughs> I think we we're, do. We I think know what we're, a rouge is. I think we're out of time. Should we go to... <laughs> Should we go to our segment? Let's go to our segment. All right. Um, the World Anti-Doping Agency released a report last week documenting an enormous state-sponsored Russian track and field doping conspiracy, a program that WADA compared to the old Soviet Union system. The international governing body of track and field, the IAAF, responded by suspending every Russian track and field athlete from competition immediately, an act that Russian hurdler Sergei Shubenkov says is very unfair. He compared it to being in kindergarten and having every kid punished because someone pooed in the wrong place. <laughs> he actually said that. Uh, some specific allegations from the report as well as from a German documentary. Marathon champion paid the Russian Federation $550,000 to cover up a positive doping test. The head of the testing lab destroyed more than 1,400 drug tests right after WADA asked for them, which is rude. Um, and Russia's state security service embedded inside the drug testing lab and intimidated the engineers. Um, so, Stefan, we've talked about doping before. Kind of jaded response is what's new here? Why should we care? Is there something new and different? And should we care about what Russia's doing? 
Uh, yeah, we should care about what, what Russia's doing because of the scope of it and because of the, in the, the sheer embeddedness of this in the Russian government and in the geopolitics of international sports. Look at who we said were the most corrupt organizations on the planet. I mean, the NFL, obviously. But beyond that, IOC and FIFA. This is an interconnected network of sportocrats. These bureaucrats all sit on each other's boards and executive committees. The uh, Russian sports minister is on the executive committee of FIFA. Surprise, surprise. Uh, the head of the track federation, Sebastian Coe, the great uh, English middle distance runner, he is also on FIFA's. He was the, he was the head of ethics on FIFA, uh, for FIFA. Uh, he just took over the track federation, so his job is to clean it up. But we should care because it is reminiscent of not just the Cold War and the Soviet era, but of, 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 of what the Soviet Union did, but of particularly East Germany and also of China in the, in the 1990s in swimming and other sports. This is, an, this is endemic in international sports. I say we should care because it's the biggest scandal in the history of sports, in my opinion. Literally, the Russians, they might be able to weasel their way out of this, or as they say in Russian, to Kodiak bear their way out of this, but they will not be, their track athletes will not be allowed to compete in the 2016 Olympics. Maybe. There were, right now, that's what's on the books. There were a hundred Russian track athletes. There were more Russian track athletes in London than any country but the US and the UK. And I say it's the worst scandal in the history of sports because scandals that are things like person associated with sports does something terrible like Ray Rice or Aaron Hernandez, is that really so much sports? So to find the worst scandal, you have to go, that, go to one that affects winning and losing. And so you have things like throwing the World Series in 1919, terrible scandal, one sport, one team. You have things like the East Germans, or you have things like um, the Tour de France, but it was endemic in the sport. But that's cycling. This is track and field. This is 100 athletes who were doping. The amount of cheating was they had a shadow lab. So you have the real lab, and then you had a Russian lab pre-testing the samples and then eventually throwing Did they have the shadow lab. lab hidden behind a bookcase where you pulled the book and it flipped around? Yes, and a little statue of the guy's head, and then there was... But this is... I mean, this... We... We are so jaded that maybe we don't realize it. And I know the New York Times put it on their front page, but I've been looking at the sports section. You know, the last two days, they haven't had anything on it. This is gigantic. There are going to be other countries. There are going to be other sports. One of the reasons why Dick Pound, who put together this investigation, he wanted all of cycling out of the Olympics, and the other sports said no. Guess why? Because track's dirty. Guess what else is dirty? I know biathlon's dirty. There are so many countries and so many sports that are cheating that I don't even know if you can have an Olympics. Oh. <laughs> So um, my favorite kind of detail, and there are a lot of good ones besides that, even that pooping anecdote, um, <laughs> the uh, race walking federation in Russia is incredibly dirty. So three race walkers have already been suspended. The coach has been suspended. And one of the actual you know, effects of this, they might not be able to get in the Olympics, but Russia was going to host the race walking team championships. Yes. That has been canceled. Yeah. It's going to cost the Russian economy tens of rubles. <laughs> it's going to devastate their already hurting economy. Um, Stefan, can we compare this to the American 
way of doping. Let me just say yeah, that race ahead. walking is hard and it looks ridiculous. So I think every race walker that is slighted by this is doubly affected. He's doubly hurt. I think well, this is terrible. They give they gave their sprinters performance-enhancing drugs to slow them down to become, to become champion race walkers. Race walkers. That's right. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> but to, before I get to the Americans, the... You know, we laugh about the race walking world championships being held in Russia, but the complicity of all of these international organizations is that we keep giving these events to Russia, the World Cup, the Sochi Olympics, the race walking championships. <laughs> the race walking championships. That wasn't part of a package deal? It's not a package deal. <laughs> that was for on race walking. The Olympics in China. There are so few countries that want to host these events that we have now gotten to the point that these autocratic regimes are the ones that are willing to spend the money, and when they're willing to spend the money, what else are they willing to do in order to, to win? They're willing to enact these systemic, widespread doping yeah. systems where athletes are coerced into taking drugs, they are forced, and then if they don't, if they dissent, they are punished. You can't, you can't have been a Russian track athlete and probably a lot of other sports without being part of this. This was by far an open secret. Experts would look at the list of Russian athletes and the times in Russia would be you know, near world record times and they would say, yeah, but this meets in China. Yeah, but this meets in Germany. They won't be able to take their drugs. This was so known. And you want to talk about other shoes to drop. I mean, what are the chances, really, that the fastest man in the world, the second fastest man in the world, the fastest woman in the world, and the third fastest woman in the world are all from the same Caribbean nation of, set of two million? And the Jamaicans... Wow. Wow. the Jamaicans Throwing the gauntlet down. I mean, the Kenyans are about to be busted left and right. So many of the countries that we say, oh, Kenyans great at marathoning, Jamaicans great at sprinting, I, you don't want to make the charge without the proof. However, it just... However, he just did. <laughs> it really... You could either be naive or you could say, you know, is it that they love racing so much? What, they didn't love it 12 years ago? Now all of a sudden you have this generation of... And, oh, no other country runs like the, like the Jamaican sprint. I mean, if they, I really do think if they did drug testing, everyone that we... Mm, 50% of the people that we think are heroes would be cheats. I'm, I'm going to push back on this a little bit because in, here in the United States of America, great country, but we're a, little bit, we're a little bit hypocritical about this. Travis Tiger, the CEO of the U.S. anti-doping, just comes off as a huge dick. Like, he says, um, evidence released today demonstrates a shocking level of corruption, sends a clear message to Russia that they'll not be allowed to cheat the world's athletes and escape justice behind a wall of deception and lies. Yeah. This is the country that produced Marion Jones, Justin Gatlin, uh, Tyson Gay. But the thing that I find interesting is that the U.S. system of doping, and you can't kind of make too much of a conclusion based on the people who get caught because maybe they're the ones who are doing a really bad job at it. But it's just so ad hoc, and it seems like with Tyson Gay, David Epstein of ProPublica... We need to be more organized the way that Russia and well, China and other countries we are. We need a clearly. shadow lab. David Epstein did this report on Tyson Gay, and it's like he heard that some guy in the NFL was going to see a chiropractor in Atlanta who had cream in a tube that like, the doctor didn't even know what it was. There's not even any indication that the stuff works, and they still get caught using it. Um, so well, that's because, it's I mean, like that's, a very entrepreneurial, capitalistic way of cheating it's badly. the American way of doping. Those, oh, rumors, like, those rumors, by the way, are why I got stuck with oregano at Washington Square Park <laughs> that one time. <laughs> I, okay, so let's say people in the audience are saying, 
What we got we the two-minute warning, by yeah, the way. Let's say people in the audience are saying, what can we do about it? You know, there's sports. There's nothing Nobody we can do. That, but go ahead. The World Anti-Doping Agency's budget is about $25 million. Joe Johnson of the Brooklyn Nets salary is $25 million. If you're not a sports fan, he's kind of a mediocre basketball player. If you're a sports fan, you probably didn't know this, but Joe Johnson's a mediocre basketball player. We're totally unserious about catching cheats if we fund this. IOC's kind of rich. A lot of these countries are kind of rich. We fund it to the tune, this pittance. You know, it's, this is why it's a joke, because the, the countries and the federations want it to be a joke. Well, Russia threatened to pull its, like, several hundred thousand dollars of funding for anti-doping. <laughs> well, with the, fall, with the fall of oil, what can you expect? Um, so, Stefan, um, the head of the IOC, Thomas Bach, already kind of undermined the punishment, basically saying they're going to get everything in order for the Olympics. I have a lot of faith in the Russians. So do you think that this is going to change anything in Russia? Do you think that we'll be able to overcome our jadedness and something will happen? Let me quote Vladimir Putin. (laughs) (laughs) A sporting contest is only interesting when it is honest, said the man who scores 10 goals a game when he plays ice hockey against professionals during exhibitions. I don't, I'm not terribly optimistic that, that anything will change practically in Russia, but what will change is that they will do enough so that, and they will say enough so that the IOC and the reformed International Track Federation can say to themselves, we have cleaned things up, it is time to let Russia back into the fold and welcome them back into the Olympic community, the family. Russia, and that's what's going to happen. Russia in the 2016 Olympics, Russia track athletes, yes, yes. or no? Yes definitely, or no? Definitely yes. Mm, duh. <laughs> A good way to end. Thank you, guys. Thank you. All right, thanks. Hang up and listen. That was the Hang Up and Listen segment from the Slate Superfest live show. Again, if you want to listen to the whole show, and there's some more uh, Pesca, Fatsis, and Levine in there, go to the Slate Daily Podcast feed. You can get it at the Slate Culture Gab Fest feed, or you can get it at the Slate Plus feed if you're a Slate Plus member. We'd love your feedback on what we talked about. You can email us at hangup at slate.com. We'll also gather links to the stories we discussed at slate.com slash hangup. Subscribe to Hang Up and Listen in iTunes. You can find us by going to iTunes.com slash Slate Podcasts. And when you're there, please leave us a comment and a rating. Become a fan of Hang Up and Listen on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hang Up and Listen. Our producer is Zach Dinerstein, and the executive producer of Slate's podcast is Andy Bowers. Hang Up and Listen is part of the Panoply Network. Check out our entire roster of podcasts at iTunes.com slash Panoply. Remember Zelmo Beatty, and thanks for listening. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.